Welcome back to the Wise Athlete Podcast. In episode 123, we have a special talk with Lauren Hurst, the author of North of 40, a beautiful book, a collection of wonderful photographs and inspiring stories of older athletes. In fact, it's stories of over 50 senior athletes, ranging from 54 to 103, marathoners to martial artists to mountaineers, ordinary and extraordinary people. I really enjoyed the conversation and reading the book, and I think you'll enjoy these stories. Let's talk to Lauren. Lauren Hurst, welcome to the Wise Athletes Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I have to tell you that maybe what I should say is admit that your topic is not really the sort of topic that uh, we cover on the podcast, but I think it should be. When uh, you first contacted me, I thought, gosh, you know, maybe, okay, yeah, this probably this is something I probably should do. But now that I have read it and thought about this beautiful book of yours, North of 40, I have to say thank you for writing it and giving me a reason to stop with my busy, busy, busyness to think about where am I heading? It gave me a perspective that I, um, you know, I don't have. And I think it's because I don't really want to admit where I'm heading, you know, because I don't think of myself as an old person. Uh, you know, of course, yeah, I complain about getting older and I fight getting older, you know, as much as I can figure out, but time is passing and it's taking a toll and sometimes it takes little bites and sometimes it takes big bites, but fall down three times, get up four, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You are going to talk about your book and, you know, some of the people that were, that are in it, why you wrote it. Um, and I think that the bigger thing is what are some of the lessons that we all can learn from the people that you wrote about, and then maybe even from you, the person who brought all of this together. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. Awesome. Awesome. I guess, uh, Lauren, why don't we start with, you know, you. Tell our audience uh, who you are and, and how did you come to write this book? So my name is Lauren Hurst. I've been an athlete my whole life. I was very fortunate to grow up with a grandfather who was an amazing athlete and as far back as I can remember, you know, he had us, he was teaching us sports and I was particularly a tennis player. And from there, I went on to college. I got a degree in corporate fitness, became a personal trainer and coach. And I think through the years, I competed in numerous sports, um, but I always felt bad, particularly when I got into my 30s, when I would do, I did a lot of 5K racing and saw these amazing older athletes that I didn't think got the recognition that they deserved. It was all, you know, the young people and the older people would finish. And by the time their awards came up, everyone was gone. <laughs> so it played in my head that, you know, I really wanted to in some way honor the older athletes because I think they're such an important part of the athletic community. And so at about 30, I envisioned a book that would look at all levels of athletes from your next door neighbor to some of the best in the world, and they'd be paired with a black and white portrait photo, kind of just not an action shot, but but just looking right at them, straight on, and um, talk about their story. And it took me just a mere 27 years yeah. to put it into action. And I think at 57, I just decided it was do or die. So I didn't really know what course I would chart, but I think sometimes when you look around, people are in your in your space and they're there for a reason. And a good friend of mine, her husband was a photographer. Oh. So I connected with him 
And he, luckily for me, said that he would work on the project with me. And so we worked together for about two years and we had COVID. So we were on a hiatus for a bit. And um, when we went back to work, uh, I have a friend, another friend who's an editor. She had worked in traditional publishing and I talked to her and um, she came on board to shore up my, my rambling writing. And then we put it together. I hired a book designer out of the UK and, you know, step by step, it came from an idea from, you know, 31 years ago and, and we got it out there. It's a beautiful, well done book that anybody would be proud to have on their coffee table. I'm not sure what you'd call it, but it is the sort of thing where, you know, you could just pick it up and in 30 seconds get something out of it. You know, a nice picture of a person in maybe the middle of, you know, what it is that they do for their athletic fun and and a little blurb about them. It's very personal and short and sweet. Uh, so it's very good. It's a very nice book. Thank you. I think the, the goal that I had when doing this was that, you know, it would be something that you could pick up and and read a story and get some inspiration out of it. And, and I tried to get a wide variety of people, a wide variety of sports, um, so that somebody could, everyone could hopefully find someone that they connected to that might inspire them to get up and go out and take a walk or wherever you are in your fitness journey um, to just, you know, get some, get some, I don't want to say motivation, but maybe inspiration right. to go out. And it's never too late to get started. It's, you know, and certainly you can do this until the end of time, hopefully. Right, right. As I thought back on my experience in reading it, it seemed to me that there were, I think I'm right, but maybe I'm overgeneralizing, but I think that there were three types of people in it. There were people who were sort of great athletes their whole lives, and they continued to be athletic, you know, late into life, you know, and so maybe the the challenge for them was, you know, figuring out how to not quit, even though they weren't as good as they were, you know, and, and compensating for age. And then there were people who were late starters, showing that it was never too late to get started, people who were sedentary or unwell, who then used athletics to get well. So those were touching stories. And then there were people who have encountered big obstacles, health yeah. obstacles, uh, but they persevered and they make the best life possible that included athletics. And so were there any other buckets, would you say? I think you've touched on all three of them. And that, that was pretty much the goal to connect okay. with people, you know, that could look at someone like my friend Vinny, who was a wheelchair athlete and say, gosh, if, if Vinny could get out and, and do a half marathon or a marathon, you know, there's no reason I can't go out and take a walk today. Right. Uh, exactly you know, right. People like Joan B who has cystic fibrosis. Um, and then, and then Rowan Freeman or Pacalon Charette, some of the best in the world. And then your next door neighbor, like ladies in their eighties. Right. Well, here I picked out a few of them that really hit me hard. Uh, some of them really hard. And let's go through them. And of course, we can only just touch on them a little bit each because we, we will run out of time. So the first one was uh, Bob Caruso, whose yeah. son had died of cancer. And he was wearing a shirt that had Joe would go on the front of it. Tell us about Bob Caruso. Okay. So I'm very lucky to say that Joe's a friend of mine. We met years ago uh, at Kyokushin Karate and... When he, I'd been there for quite a while. He joined the class, and 
I think he came as a as a place of refuge. His son was um, diagnosed with fourth stage non-smokers lung cancer. He, I just was so impressed with him. He was a great guy. He, he's not big. He's, I'm short. He's little, but he had so much um, determination. And his son uh, Joe did come in and uh, see us in class, so we knew who he was. Joe would go became the uh, mantra, sort of the group that formed around Joe when he had been diagnosed with this cancer. They were a support group for him. And he right up almost until the very end was still competing. He did triathlons. He did uh, biking. He ran. And um, the motto of Joe would go is get busy living, which I really love because you think about that and say you have an event on a day and you're a little bit tired, a little bit off. And you, you know, I always think, you know, Joe would go, Joe would have done this, get up and get going. And, um, great guy, great family. And, uh, Bob is still, he just got his, uh, second Don. Actually, I think he became a sensei. I think he had his third level, wow. uh, black belt in Kyokushin karate and just a really wow. just a fine, wonderful person. And I, I really got a lot from out of knowing him and inspiration from him in the group. Yeah. Well, of course that wouldn't touch me um, because the name is my name, Joe. Yes. And, um, and it also struck me that, um, you know, I could see just in myself where in my past, I would be the guy that would go and do things. And I, I was always up for doing things. And as I've gotten older, I'm less like I was. And so I could just kind of, I could adopt that. Um, Joe would go myself and be like, be your old self, you know? Don't be a stick in the mud. I'm going to send you a Joe would go shirt. How's that? That would be awesome. I, I need it. I'm going to get that for you and send Fantastic. it. And, and it really is. It's an inspiration. I have Joe would go shirts. And, and it does, I think about that a lot. And I think about Joe and Bob. Yeah. Okay. So let's keep going then. The next one is... Uh, it's powerful. It's just, but it's sort of like a lesson learned. But uh, this was um, Dr. Jim Cox Chapman, and he was saying that uh, aging is a process of compensating for loss, loss and switch. He says. Yeah. So Jim Cox Chapman is a very uh, prominent physician in our area. He's very busy, and um, he's now retired. He's actually a client of mine. I'm lucky to say, and. Um, Throughout his career, obviously, as a physician, he was time constrained and also constrained. They had children and a wife. And so he was a runner and he'd do it in the off hours when he wasn't working. And then as he got older uh, and his knees started to bother him, he became a biker. He's still very active in biking with a, with a group and uh, cross-country skiing. And like I said, he, or like you said, you know, his motto is that you, you, you reinvent through your whole life that, you know, you get to one place and, and you, so your knees hurt, you can't run anymore. Then you become a skier, you become a rower, you become a swimmer. And it's just a, life is just a, a succession of reinventions to have your best surging. Yeah. I like that. I mean, yeah. I think that that is how you can stay active and and having athletics or activity be an important part of your life for your entire life is that, you know, you just have to adapt to reality rather than saying, oh, I can't do that anymore. It's like, well, okay, maybe that's true, but there's surely stuff you can do. Okay. So uh, then the, the next one was uh, Jib Ettinger. 
so this was the guy who like had everything. Uh, I mean, double bypass surgery, type two diabetes, cardiovascular, everything. But he got into pickleball. Tell us about Jim. So Jim Edinger was great. Like you just said, he was plagued with all sorts of health issues, type two diabetes, heart disease, cancer, uh, high blood pressure. And he at one point decided that he needed to do something to uh, drop his weight and get himself healthier. And he got into pickleball and he became an ambassador for pickleball in Manchester, New Hampshire, and was um, instrumental in getting pickleball courts opened up. And um, he just is a great, a great ambassador for the sport and yeah. for fitness in general. He's uh, still working at it. And, um, He's very proud of the work that he's done getting uh, pickleball into the community. Well, great. Well, it just goes to show that, you know, it's never too late. You know, you can be very unhealthy, but decide that you're just going to make a change and 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 look what is possible. So that's really great. Okay, so the next one was Bill Lord, and he said yeah. that uh, opportunities come along and we have two choices. We can try them out or not. And so tell us about Bill. Yeah, Bill Lord is great. I actually met him years ago on a vacation, and I had gone out for a run, and I came back. We were at a B&B, and my husband was talking to this guy who looked incredibly fit and had on a Boston Marathon jacket, and we got talking, and he talked about the um, number of uh, marathons he'd run throughout his life. He started running in his 30s. He was overweight, and I believe he was a smoker. And he got into running and, and biking. I guess biking was first, but biking because he had a family became a little bit difficult because he would be gone for so much time that his wife said that this isn't great. Right. So he got into running. He's run 53 marathons to date, 17 in Boston. Wow. And um, his fastest marathon, he did at 54 in just under three hours. So um, just a great guy. I, I call him my renaissance man. He is a great athlete. He's a great coach. He's an um, artist. He's uh, still working full time. And just a really another. I've been so lucky through this project because I've met such nice people. I was just up and I uh, went up to uh, Cape Cod for a day and we did a, we did a book signing. And it was just such a pleasure to be with him and his wife. Just really great people. And he's had to do a little bit of uh, reinventing himself. He's still running, but he's uh, had some issues and had to adjust the uh, way he trains. He does uh, a lot of interval training and then got into uh, doing hill work. So that's where he is now. Great. Yeah. You know, you got to find the path that works for you. Um, but I think that uh, th this idea of perseverance and, and deciding that this is a part of your life is a common theme that uh, the people that you've written about uh, share. Uh, another one was uh, Bill Casey, a fellow who had had cancer and then a cyclist and hit by a car. And I mean, tell us about Bill. Yeah. So Bill Casey was another um, great story. He's out of Newport. He owns a marina. He was a, a surfer in his youth. He said he lived a little bit of a crazy life when he was young. He was good friends with another person that I have in the book, uh, Sid Abruzzi, who is a Hall of Fame surfer. And Bill traveled all over the world surfing. But with that, I think with that uh, sport, or maybe with any sport, but particularly that sport, there was a, a fast lifestyle and he got involved in drugs and um, 
in he like you said he was uh training he was hit by a car and well before that i guess let's start with his throat cancer he got throat cancer in 2005 he had surgery and then he got hooked on the opiates so that was a problem he finally got off and he started to train again he was planning to do a, a, a triathlon and he got hit by a car so he was back into a very bad place. He got depressed, and then he got into alcohol. Uh. And um, he fought that. And in 2015, he, uh, after a number of stints in rehab, he got clean, and he actually went out and um, did another triathlon. He also has a daughter, and he wants to leave a good legacy for her. So he, he got himself together, and... Uh, Another another great guy, very successful business person, and really um, interesting and engaging to talk to. And, and and what a story! He's been all over the map. Right. Wow. So another one um, that uh, got my attention was um, another one of the turnaround stories. Uh, Susan Townsend, and who apparently had <laughs> like had n- didn't have an athletic bone in her body when she was a kid, and went from couch potato to being a power lifter. Well, I think Susan Townsend is one of my favorite stories in the book because, you know, I was a bodybuilder, so I have a little bit of an idea of that, that lifestyle or the, you know, the culture. But to go and it's so unlikely that in your late 60s you would become a power lifter, particularly, you know, as anyone, but particularly as a woman. So she had been plagued with arthritis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and a number of health issues. She said that by the time she was in her 50s, she could uh, barely walk to the mailbox. That was her big workout. She had to use a cane because she was in so much pain. And she's a very um, religious person. So she hooked up with her faith-based group and they got her to start exercising. And it started, you know, low level. And then she ended up in a gym and she met Nick Serrett. He's a powerlifting coach. And now she was into her 60s and he saw something in her and she started to lift. And she said that when she was lifting weight, she just instantly fell in love with it. And he took her under his wing and she started working toward powerlifting in in her late 60s. And at 69, she broke all the Texas state powerlifting records in her her organization that she competed in. And for example, she can do a deadlift of 210 pounds. Mm. So uh, it's pretty impressive. But I loved her story because it's so unlikely that anyone would go into powerlifting. Yeah. Particularly if you close in on 70. And she's, she's a great person. She's funny and witty and just really a story that really touched my heart. Awesome. Well, another turnaround story was uh, Kathy Martin, a, a person who went oh. from not being able to run for 11 minutes. I guess the story was that she ran for 10 minutes one time when she was 30 or something like that. And then she laid down in the middle of the street, not able to take another step. And uh, from there, she now is like, she holds something like eight world records as a runner. Yeah. So Kathy Martin was a, she actually ended up being the last interview we did. And it was so hard to decide when to close this out because it was just fun meeting all these great people and, Obviously, eventually we had to close it out. And at that point, I was at like 52 athletes. And it worked out well because uh, Nick and my mom and I drove out to uh, where she is out in New York. And it was a beautiful day and it was a hot day. And and she was just the most 
lovely host. And we went out to take photos of her and um, she was just fantastic. But she began at 35. She hadn't um, done any training. Her husband was a runner and she decided one night to go out for a run with him. And halfway through it, I don't even know halfway through it, she laid down in the middle of the road because she said, I can't do anymore. And her husband said, you know, you need to get up. You're going to get hit by a car. And she got up and she went home and she thought about it. And she said, you know, if I can't do this at 35, what am I going to be like at 65? So she started to train and she started with, you know, local 5Ks and 10Ks. And then she got into track and field and she wasn't really aware of how good she was. And somebody mentioned to her that she should look at what the world record times were. And she was very close. So she got much more competitive. And when we did this book, well, I think when we met with her, it was probably 2019, maybe 2020. I don't remember the exact time, but she held world records from the 800 meter to the 50 K, which is pretty unheard of. That's quite a range. And she, you know, when I, it seems unlikely to me. She's um, she's small like I am, like five foot two, uh, but really just an incredible, incredibly gifted athlete and um, very uh, focused and driven. And her husband Chuck does had done all her coaching, and um, she is a superstar for sure. Yeah, I actually uh, read your book actually from the back to the front. I can't yeah. explain why I did that, but I did. And so that I, I didn't really know much about you until I got to the end, right, which is the beginning of the book. And suddenly it dawned on me that there's a lot of threads between these people and you, you know, like uh, horses, uh, martial arts, uh, weightlifting. Now, you're a personal trainer, and so maybe some of these people are your clients, but these are also, I think a lot of these people are people you know from your life. Is that right? A lot of them are when I've been around for a long time because I'm 62 and I've been in all sorts of sports. I was a competitive bodybuilder, a martial artist, triathlete, uh, 5K or duathlete. You know, I've done a little bit of everything. So that helps. And um, I like people. So I got to know a lot of people when I was competing. It was one of the parts I really enjoyed about competing yeah. was meeting different people. And, um, yeah, you know, like Dominique Barbier, who's in there for horses, is uh, I have a horse farm. Uh, my family has a horse farm with uh, 22 horses here, right. and he's our um, coach. He's out of California, so he is a world-class uh, trainer, also a great guy. So a lot of these people I did know, and I think the nice part of this book is that when I started to talk about it, which I didn't do too much in the beginning because people definitely rolled their eyes when I said I was going to do uh -huh. this because they didn't think it was possible. But it was that people that I knew connected me to other people. Mm. It was, um, you know, I would, I would photograph like uh, Janet Rolanko and she connected me to some other great athlete. So it was, it was fun. It was a, kind of a big web of, of connection like six degrees of separation, maybe. Exactly. I was going to say like one degree separation or yeah. two at the most between you and the, the people in the book. And so that's great. I mean, congratulations on an interesting life. Uh, I also think that the, that you could have been one of the people described in the book. You've got, you've had your own challenges that you've had to overcome. I don't know if you care to share about that. 
Yeah, I think that that was um, maybe part of the reason. And actually, in, in when I started this at 57, that's pretty much why I started it. I had been competing really at a pretty good level, you know, um, amateur-wise. And I was looking to uh, increase my, uh, you know, go up in the ranks and do athlons in the country. And I had set a goal for myself and uh, that I would go from 16 to 10 in a certain year. And I was out training one day and I was, I was feeling great. Like I usually did. And uh, I thought, you know, I'm definitely going to get this thing. And I had run and I went home and I felt good. And the next morning I woke up and I couldn't, I could barely Mm. move because I had um, herniated two discs in my neck. Oh boy. And so I went um, to Yale and met with uh, one of my friends, uh, sports medicine and orthopedic people. And they said, you know, it looks bad. Procedure will be that we'll do a fusion. But and at that point, I was in so much pain that I would have just done it, anything to relieve the pain. But they said, you know, you have to do X number of sessions of physical therapy. They won't, you know, the insurance won't pick this up. And I was really mad about it because I thought, oh, God, this is ridiculous. But I have a great physical therapist that I've used for years. And I went to her and really slowly, you know, she got me back to getting those discs off the nerve. And when I went back from my, what was supposed to be my scheduling for the surgery, the surgeon said, I, I can't believe this, but you're not going to need the surgery. So That's great. that was good. And, but then I kind of fell into this, I got Lyme and Lyme disease. Yeah, I got Lyme disease oh, wow. and uh, that was a problem. And that really set me set me back because if you have Lyme bad it's it's not good it got into my hip and then I you know I kind of followed with a number of different autoimmune issues and it was a challenge but I will say that that went on for about four years I still trained but I couldn't compete because I was you know I couldn't do anything fast so I was just slow and steady and you know now I'm back to competing i just got in i started with a friend of mine um learning to you know row so i'm doing some rowing and i'm still running i'm still doing everything um and i formed a triathlon team i have a really excellent team that i compete with and i swim and uh yeah so it's been a challenge and it's really why i probably started this project because i thought if i you know my body might not work but my brain still works so here we are fantastic well congratulations on that I guess it would have, you might have felt uh, self-conscious having yourself as a subject of your own book, um, but you could have. It's a good story. And congratulations for persevering, just like some of the people you've written about. I saw that in the book, there was a, a few references to quotes, which made me think of Teddy Roosevelt. I'm, I'm sure that um, that is oh, who... That's Kathy Martin. Uh, okay. I love Teddy Roosevelt. I, I yes. I've like had his quotes in various places over the years, uh, but I think that the you know the t- adventure or nothing at all. You know, I think that that really sort of hits on something. I mean, for the Wise Athlete Podcast, I God and I started this thing really, uh, I, I think like three years ago, and it was like a purely athletic performance focused thing. Yeah, but it has evolved as our interests have evolved. So how can I raise my FTP, you know, how much protein is going to 
boost my recovery, you know, stuff like that to becoming more of, you know, a healthy athlete is a strong athlete. So how can I be healthy? And so we, you know, get a lot of information about that. And it's even sort of started to, we've started to poke our head into the whole longevity planning area because, you know, we want to extend our time in adventure, right? So the whole uh, Teddy Roosevelt stuff is, you know, it really uh, pushes all the right buttons for us. Uh, I was, as I was um, trying to confirm my suspicions about the the source of some of those quotes, I was on the internet and, you know, Teddy Roosevelt quotes and like all these great things came up. But one of them was, I think he had it wrong. And here's what he said, and I'm going to change it to, I think what is right and what I think your book says. He says, old age is like everything else. To make a success of it, you've got to start young. And I think that's wrong. I think to make a success of it, you've just got to start. Yeah. Uh, Now, he did also say, do what you can with what you have where you are. And I think that's what I think your book is about. It's just start. You know, if you haven't been athletic, then start, you know, start with what you can do. Uh, And maybe a little bit is all that you'll ever have, but good. You know, you're just walking around the neighborhood, but who you, you know, a person has no idea what they're capable of until they try. So just start and uh, don't worry about if you have never done it before, or you've got some health issues, of course, you've got to be careful. And then I also discovered a another quote that, uh, you know, because the internet's great about throwing stuff at you. And it said, however difficult life may seem, there is always something you can do and succeed at. And that was uh, Stephen Hawking, who had Lou Gehrig's disease. Huh. I think that's pretty much the theme of the book, too. Yeah. You know, just start. You don't have to be the best in the world, but you can be the best you can be for you. Right, right. Well, so anyway, it's a beautiful book. Uh, thank you for writing it. I'm going to keep it in front of my chair, and uh, I'm going to be uh, glancing at it. And if uh, Glenn wasn't having technical problems, I'm sure that he would have some questions for you. But uh, uh, let me just ask you, where can people find this book? Is it on Amazon? Yeah, the book's on Amazon. And in, anywhere else? I mean, is it is there like more information? Is there a website? Yeah, my web. There's a link to it directly from my website, which is um, North Forty F O R T Y Fitness dot com. Great. And also on Facebook, uh, there's a link there, and that's also North Forty Fitness. Got it. And is there any like social media that any of the people that you've written about, where they like people can like follow along and see how they're doing? Uh, you know, I mean, some of these people are like swimming the English Channel and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, you know, a lot of these people, particularly uh, the swimmers, have quite a bit. Pat Galan-Charette, who's really fun to watch um, because they do document their swims, and she's on YouTube, and she has a blog, and I really enjoy watching her swim. She just did a – I actually don't know exactly when the swim was, but I watched on YouTube a swim that she did in Africa for the Stillwater 8 Swims. And it's really fascinating to watch because, you know, you realize how solitary that sport is. And and to me, those athletes are not only physically tough, but to be able to stay in the water for, you know, 20, 20, you know, 8, 30, 40 hours, and you're in a bathing suit and a cap 
and um, your goggles, and that's it. And the water can be 50 degrees. It can be warm. It can be choppy. And it just, I just find it fascinating to watch these swims and to watch them finish the swim and get out of the water, and particularly Pat, you know, the swim in Africa where she gets out of the water and she has sea legs. So she, she's really like a tripod on on the uh, going up the beach because she can't stand up. <laughs> and it's just a, an amazing feat. She's one of the best in the world, but it's it just, I don't know, it's it's worth watching. So I would yeah. suggest just going to YouTube and and also just Googling them. A lot of these people have, have a fair amount of information on them. So Okay, so just with the information that's in the book, you could find them. Yeah, you can find them. Just most of these, not everybody, but most of the people, particularly the, the like the George Etzweilers or the Pecalon Charettes, you will find a fair amount of information about them. Excellent. All right. Well, Lauren, thank you very much. This was very fun. And thank you for writing the book. I enjoyed reading about these people uh, and getting to know you. Well, thank you so much. And I'm going to get your address so I can send you a Joe Would Go t-shirt. Yeah, we'll do. And you will wear it with pride. I will. Uh, that sounds great. Um, and so we'll do that offline here. Uh, so I'll, I'll just say thanks again and uh, have a great day. Good. Thanks so much. You have a nice day too. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining my conversation with Lauren Hurst. You can find more information about Lauren and how to find her book in the show notes.